Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Huck Breeze. I am joined here once again by Scott Shedding and also today filling in as our running back expert this week uh, is Danny Walton. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing, Danny? Up there in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, I am up here in Pittsburgh. I it's uh, Well, thanks for having me on, first off. This is real fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been in Pittsburgh for two weeks about i think yeah so your new home yeah. or home to be right yeah i had to do a little bit of uh scouting ahead i had to come up here find an apartment had some uh ha- had some classes i needed to attend in person so i'll be back in a couple weeks and then, okay uh, and then returning yeah he's uh filling in as our our running back expert our our normal running back expert not saying that danny doesn't have extensive knowledge on running backs <laughs> but our normal running back expert is neil the one that uh, joined us last week, he is actually in Turks and Caicos with his wife. Um, so he was unable to join, but we have a wonderful fill-in, uh, somebody who has been pretty successful at, at running backs in our Gridiron League in the past. Um, let's start out light. Like we do every week, let's start out light. Let's not just dive into the running backs. Uh, let's talk about uh, entertainment. What what are we watching? What's what's tickling your fancy this week, Shedek? What do you got? I mean, obviously, like you, I watched the finale of Loki last night, which was amazing. Great, yeah. great finale. Um, I wouldn't spoil anything for anybody, but that's probably my favorite Marvel show. I did watch uh, what's it called, um, Black Widow, this past weekend. Ooh, as well. I was going to talk about that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good. You know, what? I actually forgot to watch. Uh, Kevin can fuck himself on Sunday night. I might have to watch that tonight. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good to have a, a good lineup now that we're, you know, creeping out of COVID. It's a, it, you, there's a lot of entertainment to be had out there. And so your lineup, your your week can be filled with all kinds of different shows. But uh, Danny, you got anything? Read any books? Watch any uh, shows? Uh, uh, well, yeah, I just finished a trilogy, a fantasy trilogy called The oh. uh, Poppy Seed Wars as part of my, I was in a fantasy fiction book club and so it was sort of like a historical fantasy fiction set in like china right before world war ii so it was wow. pretty fun nice but Is it, does this um, book club extend to pittsburgh or not i think no it? i think that this was like the last of it and i'm i'm kind of glad i'm tired of like not having control over what i'm reading like i'm not going to read two books at the same time so i've been <laughs> for like oh it was the science fiction like last year and then 2021 we switched to fantasy fiction yeah. and so i haven't like been able to i want like to read like a non-fiction so bad whatever you want yeah something some kind of documentary you know but, style, whatever oh that's dumb so I, i've been watching a lot of tv too so i've been watching <laughs> uh I've been watching, um, in pittsburgh my friends here they've been watching like late season simpsons episodes oh you know wow. 23 and they're actually like really good they yes. they they had to approximate the feel of like those ones in the 90s and stuff it was just bad for like 10 years i think like in the early aughts and on for a while but i i think it's getting back to its heart you know so i uh am a nerd and i talk to a lot of uh simpsons hardcore enthusiasts and it is like blasphemy to say that anything season 15 and on uh, is good. Mm. It, it, the 90s is the golden age. 
and everything beyond that is just uh you know garbage but to me and a lot of times i troll in these groups because i'm like i love all simpsons there's no season to me that i'm like oh this is garbage and you know it's whatever i i have a little chuckle a little laugh and in most if not every one of uh the simpsons episodes and if you look at like the writing cast and the and the people that have been you know, working behind the scenes of the Simpsons. Uh, it's They're an really institution talented. like SNL yeah. is kind of, you know, exactly. Out, but they kind of retain people for a little longer. Um, yeah. Another show I've been watching, and this is just the last bit here. I'm sorry if this is taking too long. No. Is uh, that show Hacks about those uh, women com- com- comedians on, on HBO. HBO? I've seen yeah. that. Well, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the whatever. I was I was watching that a lot until I came up to Pittsburgh, and and now I don't have access to like whoever's HBO I was stealing on my Roku. So yeah, well, if any of our listeners can uh, reach out to us and give us a style <laughs> HBO <laughs> the guy needs he's 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 you know living with a friend. He needs some HBO yeah. Max. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I watched the Loki episode. It's um, the finale is over. It was probably the most intense out of any of the Marvel series, uh, just because it's so mind bending. Um, there's a lot that affects everything, not only in Loki the series, but uh, the entire MCU. And like Shedek said, we're not going to go into it. We're not going to try to break it down. Uh, But there was a decision made at the end that definitely leaves you hanging for another season coming up, Um, as well as Black Widow. Black Widow, I thought was great. I thought was a really good film. I especially liked the soundtrack. Uh, You know, listening to that soundtrack was was awesome. The cast was great. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by uh, Florence Pugh. And uh, her performance in that film, she pretty much made it. Uh, she had my eight-year-old daughter laughing, which is hard to do unless it's a cartoon. So, um, you know, that it's good. She was a little scared at points. It's not really a, a family film per se, but uh, it's 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 good good movie. Good good uh, continuation of uh, the I think the fifth phase of the MCU. So so yeah. All right, let's let's move into some football. Uh, I think first, and and uh, not to kill the vibe here, but we uh, have an announcement from Danny. Danny is announcing that he's not going to be able to attend our draft this year uh, because of family circumstances. Danny, do you want to speak to that? Sure. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, like I said, I'm in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, and then I, some of you may know I started a, like a teacher, a teaching master's degree, a master's in teaching so I'll be a student teaching in a high school here in Pittsburgh. Uh, so I need to be back when the teachers start their in-service um, before school starts. So that's like mid-August. So I'll fly home on the 27th and quick turnaround moving my apartment um, up to Pittsburgh. And, and in the meantime, I, I have a my dad's birthday is the Friday before our draft. And some of you may, a few of you know this, but my dad has uh, cancer stage three esophageal cancer which is pretty scary stuff but he is like in like a better position than most people facing this you know he's got a family of medical professionals access to like the best cancer center in the world yeah and uh really supporting family and they're all we're all here for him so he's and and we think he's gonna beat it and he thinks he's gonna beat it and that's what counts the most but because of that i really want to I want to hang. I want to hang with the fam pretty hard for for a while, so I'm not gonna be able to make it to uh 
to Denver. Sorry, boys. Yeah. But no. uh, Cam, uh, congratulations. Uh, if you listen to this, uh, send me your address and I'll, and I'll send something uh, congratulatory to you. You deserve, deserve the, <laughs> the recognition. I want to pay my you know, respects to the new, new reigning champ. Kiss well, the ring. <laughs> listen, we've been doing this. Uh, what is it going on? Is our 18th year? Uh, we've been doing this 18 years. I actually, uh, it might be our 19th year. It might 19th year, and uh, sometimes you know, family comes first in pretty much everything. Uh, you know, I I am one to give people a hard time uh, for not attending drafts for various reasons that I find unacceptable and sometimes i'm a little harsh on people uh but when it comes to really serious family issues or uh starting a job starting a new life in a new city like you are um it's that's a big deal that comes first and uh, you know fantasy football will be here this year it'll be here next year it'll be here you know the rest of our lives so uh we we wish your your dad the best we wish you the best in starting your your new career up there in 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 pittsburgh and um you know we wish you the best in drafting remote it's going to be frustrating i think being away and and not knowing what's going on in between picks because uh as shedek has shown sometimes in the past uh he can take you know somewhere up to 20 30 minutes on a pick so uh... (laughs) but i actually you know i actually kind of maybe I have a lot of experience drafting remotely. I think I feel like there's a few years where Clay and I were always remote. So. Appalachian Mountains, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can be Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> drafting remote can be good. I mean, you can concentrate a little bit more and uh, you know just kind of focus on your team and stuff. Because at the draft can be there's a lot of distractions for sure. But you know, yeah. taking the time on your draft picks is uh, it's essential because it's it's not about how fast you pick; it's about getting the right pick. And yeah, we're, we're really sorry to hear about your dad, man. We'll keep him in, his, in our prayers, but I'm, we're rooting for him. And hey, it's good to hear nice. that he has a lot of yeah. support. Yeah, thanks, yeah. And he's, he's right about the remote thing. Uh, there's a lot of pressure that comes with live drafts, uh, whether I mean, it be this I'm league or other I'm also going to drink like 15 fewer beers. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shotguns so or whatever. No yeah, yeah. Well, right. one, one of my championship teams was a remote draft. I mean, you can see, you kind of get this feeling and this anxiety when you're in the live draft of, man, I want this guy, and I, I heard his name be said out loud, or you know, I'm getting this feeling like somebody's going to take him. When you're in a room by yourself and you're just watching these people come up on a screen, it's just a little bit different. Uh, you know, it doesn't take anything away from remote drafts versus live drafts, but in a live draft room, it's a totally different animal. And uh, and yeah, it can be it can be kind of stressful. So especially uh, our live draft room. Especially I don't our think, live draft. I think draft. everybody's draft room is like our live draft room. <laughs> oh no, it is not. Oh no, it is not. Uh, it is, uh, it's the Coliseum in there. So. Uh, Okay. All right. So being on that and being on the gridiron and talking about the gridiron and uh, a league that we've had going for almost two decades, uh, you know, we're, we're friends with each other. We love each other. We've been, this, this group of guys is the longest uh, continuation of people that we've had uh, in gridiron's history. So we haven't added somebody uh, since, since cause uh, that was four years ago, but prior to that was chase uh, back in 2011, I'm sorry, it was Max back in 2013. So three people in a decade, we had Max uh, or Chase back in 2011. And and so 
we're all, you know, groups of friends. Sometimes, though, you have these leagues from work. You have leagues, uh, you know, from with friends, old friends, old careers, uh, you know, new friends. Um, what what are you guys' feelings on other leagues? Is there a is there a limit? Is there too many leagues? Um, is there such a thing as too many leagues? Uh, Shedek, tell me what you think. Um, you know, it, it's, I feel like there is a thing as too many leagues, it's, you know, a bit of a multiverse of madness, if you will. Um, and it, it can be too much. I feel like if you're, if you're don't draft similarly, like one year I had, I think I had like six leagues and I tried to make a point of like getting different players just so like I was a little more well-rounded in the league and I was just too all over the place in the league. And like, every time I was thinking about players, I was like, ah, like what team of mine am I thinking of? But I think if you kind of have a similar draft style going throughout, you'll end up with similar teams. And if you do that, it's not as difficult. Um, As long as you have a good draft, uh, you know, pick good players, you have a good year. But uh, personally, I've actually, uh, I've shed myself of all the other leagues. Last year I was in three and I got rid of three other ones and I got, I got rid of them all this year. I didn't want okay. to get them. So and, and that's fair enough. Fun. Yeah. Danny, how about you? I know we're in uh, two leagues together. I, I, you invited me to a league with some of your uh, old work buddies. So is there, is there such thing as too many leagues? Um, I don't know about, let me think about this. I don't know about too many, but I'm only going to care about this league. Exactly. You know, specifically. Okay. And, uh, like everything else can kind of feel like a distraction. I get, mm-hmm. you know, it just, I really don't derive much joy out of winning or losing in those, in, in other leagues. And it, so it's a, it kind of becomes like, what's the point? Right. Um, I will say it, it because of the pace of our league and how deep we have to be, mm-hmm. it makes it feel like you're like a men among mice playing in other leagues sometimes just because <laughs> we like, Honestly, I would be in this league that we're in before you came into it, uh, uh, not the gridiron, uh, mm-hmm. and um, I would be, you know, just going, reading, seeing the transactions on our, on our, in our league, and then being like, oh, wow, Neil picked up this guy, like, I should probably do that in this league, because no <laughs> one's going to be aware of him for another week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, right. but anyways, but it, all it is to say, like, yes and no, just why yeah. bother. I mean, it's a theme <laughs> that we are very proud of who we are and the league that we've run and the knowledge that we've obtained and the competitiveness that we have. Um, I, I think fantasy football is more than just a game. I think it also is a bonding opportunity between you and whoever might want to play. Uh, so while I think that you absolutely should have your bottom bitch, your best league, your the love of your life league, uh, like we have with gridiron. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, um, being a part of, uh, you know, a work league or, or some extended friends league. Um, like when I'm in the friend, uh, the league with your friends, if you put me in a room with, uh, some of those friends, I could definitely sit down and have a conversation with them. We could talk about football. We could talk about family. We could talk about friends. We could talk about whatever. Um, it's kind of an introductory you know, step and something that we have in common that we can talk about uh, at work, you know, with, with, uh, with different coworkers, you know, usually I would not say anything, but when I'm passing, you know, their booth, how about Mahomes on Monday night? You see that, you see, you know, that game, whatever, and just starts a conversation. Maybe you become better friends, better acquaintances uh, and whatever. So I think uh, fantasy football is a, 
is special in that way. And so is there such thing as too many leagues? Maybe if you can't handle them and if you're not competitive in them. Uh, but I, I don't think if, if fancy football is your passion, if fancy sports is your passion, I, I don't think that there's such thing as too many leagues. I think that uh, there's, there's room enough for everybody to play. Just make sure that you have the one and that you tell the one, all the members of the one, uh, how special they are. And they're more important than everybody else. And so the gridiron, if you're listening, you're more important than any other league that I am in. Uh, but it's, it's important. But you're fucking some other bitches on the side. (laughs) That's all I heard. All right. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to what we want to talk about today. And that's running backs and preemptively. Let me talk about the gridirons. The reason we we talk about running backs a little bit different than, than other people talk about running backs and running backs have come a long way since we started this in 2003. Uh, But we, are not what people call super flex. So a super flex is when you ha- can have two quarterbacks. We have two quarterbacks. We are a two quarterback league, so you have to field two quarterbacks. When in saying that, we value quarterbacks uh, more than any other player in the league because our touchdowns are worth six points, the same as running backs, receivers, tight ends. Uh, most leagues have quarterbacks being worth four just because they score more touchdowns than, you know, anybody else. Ours are also worth six. So uh, running backs kind of take a backseat to quarterbacks in our league. Uh, Some might agree with that. Some might not. Uh, But, uh, you know, do you guys remember when running backs were the most important thing? I know Danny was talking about this earlier with LaDainian Tomlinson. uh, But Shedding, do you have any memories of when running backs were just the be-all, end-all of fantasy football? I mean, that was back when I was starting fantasy football, just like uh, just like Danny. I mean, Sean Alexander, Sean Alexander, Ladanian Tomlinson, heck, Jerome Bettis was still playing at that in those days. So it was it was a while ago for sure, and uh, it's a different beast now. But I mean, you see that basically every year in the off season, the the NFL, uh, you know, eases up the rules and regulations for passing all the time, but they never do it for running. So you, you can't really. It would it would be changing the entire style of the game, but you can do tiny things for passing every year and they do. And I think it would be hilarious. Like I don't really don't get, understand why other leagues have four point passing touchdowns. Like why you think in the NFL, if, uh, Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown, they're gonna be like, eh, that's four points, not six. <laughs> like that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Uh, I don't, I just, yeah. I don't get, I've never understood. I, I think it's just, uh, when you ask somebody that it's just, well, that's the way it's always been done. Uh, you know, whoever started fantasy football back in the 60s, 70s, whatever, said, you know what, quarterbacks just they just get too many points, and unless you want this to just be a quarterback driven game, uh, then the NFL's made it though, that's that's exactly what the NFL made it, you know, and so I'm that's why I'm completely fine with their league being like that because that's what the NFL is, right? You know, you're you're you don't have the you know, star running back on all the season tickets, maybe some of them, but you have the star quarterback on all the, on the front cover, on the banners, on, on everything. So it's, and they even, they've even done that with how they pay running backs since they know that they can't last very long. They don't pay them very much. And so since players know they don't get paid very much, they don't 
the best athletes don't try to become running backs usually. Like Derrick Henry, most most cases would have ended up becoming a defensive end. In a lot of places, he probably would have ended up becoming a defensive end. A lot of coaches and they're like, "Oh, he's a big motherfucker. Let's you know get him around the edge. You know, take down a quarterback." And but he was he you know had some backbone. Was like, "Oh no, I'm I'm a running back," and he's amazing for it too. But yeah. most of those better athletes, you go look at the money comparison to like what Miles Garrett is getting, and it's you know they're physically they're kind of the same guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about this uh, evolution of running back that we've seen over the last decade and a half? Yeah, yeah. You start off by talking about this is a, a conversation we had before we started this chat. But whenever I entered the league, I had the first pick, and I didn't know anything about fantasy football. And you said like, "Well, pick Peyton Manning or Ladainian Tomlinson," and it's kind of crazy. Like that would not <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> uh, that would never happen in this league again. Uh, um, but that being said, I think that um, running backs are a scarcity, and it's a couple. It's two things: one internal and one external. Where externally, the game has moved to a passing game, and then mm-hmm. just last year, we raised the uh, uh, points for per rece- receiving yards, and so now yep. receivers. So now it's kind of like the good running backs are just a greater scarcity now plus with these split backfields um that it's like really important like they're your they're amongst your most limited you know positions to select good players from um yeah so it, it takes a lot of skill and structuring your roster um with those things in mind and, wow. and so i think that like the running back is a very competitive drafting uh position um if you get it right well, yeah, and I, and I will say that uh, you know, the workhorse running back that we knew when we were growing up, the Emmett Smith, the Terrell Davis, uh, you know, those 90s running backs, and even into the 2000s, <clears throat> when I first started playing uh, fantasy football, it was like, who's going to get Priest Holmes? And this wasn't uh, a change in structure. We've never changed the structure of our of our uh, our point system. It was just, who's going to get Priest Holmes? Who's going to get LaDainian Tomlinson? Who's going to get these running backs? Uh, and that was just the way NFL was played. Uh, you know, we could name Darren Sproles, you know, he, he eventually was the backup for Ladanian, but Ladanian got most of the work. I mean, he set the record for, uh, you know, most touchdowns of the, in the season at the time, uh, you know, Sean Alexander, uh, we can go even go up to Steven Jackson. Uh, and you can see in the trivia that we're going to, you know, have that, in the last decade, that has really changed. There is no such, I won't say there's no such thing, but there is the, the workhorse running back, handing the ball to him, handing the ball to him 35, 40 times, the Ricky Williams of the world, they're gone. Uh, we, you have to share the load. And, you ha- and a lot of times you want to take these running backs, you want to split them out wide, turn them in wide receivers. Uh, so it's a different game. And as I say that, uh, it, it's a catching game and it's everybody's sharing time. Derrick Henry comes in as our number one running back. He ran the ball 378 times last year uh, for 2,027 yards. Uh, so he had 66 more carries than Dalvin Cook at, at uh, last year. And that was number two. And uh, almost 500 yards more than Dalvin Cook. So uh, there are exceptions, if you will. <laughs> he only had 19 catches for 114 yards. So, uh, yes, Derrick Henry is a man amongst men and the exception to the rule. 
but yeah, just a little preemptive look at where we're at uh, in 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 the age of this this year's running back. Uh, but let's go into trivia. Trivia. You guys ready for some trivia? Let's do it. Okay, I'll, I'll give you guys a couple guesses if you don't get it. But uh, who had the most targets uh, as a running back last year? Shedig, what do you think? Like passing targets? Passing I targets. Guess, I would guess Alvin Kamara. Incorrect. Danny, do you have a guess? Oh, man. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. David Montgomery, but I, I don't know. No, uh, actually, David Montgomery was number six in targets, but uh, so not a terrible guess. Alvin Kamara was number two by three, so you guys are both on the right track. All you guys, one more each. Shedig? Uh, uh, would it be like a oh, I don't know, like an Austin Eckler or something like that? Or a... mm, he missed too much yeah. time last year. Oh, yeah. He finished eight. Yeah, he missed finished eight. Uh, DeAndre Danny. Swift. DeAndre or Swift is incorrect. Uh, Jonathan uh, he, Taylor, where are we at? Come no, on. I was no. just starting yelling quarter running backs. It is a, you. You could have yelled all night. You wouldn't have got it. That's why it's trivia. I'm trying to trip you up. JD McKissick. Oh, uh, man. 110 targets last year. Only scored 154 points because uh, he only had 365 yards on the ground. Uh, but if you remember, Mr. Checkdown, Alex Smith, loved to find McKissick. Uh, in those in those uh, Washington football team games last year. Okay, next question. And this is historically most receptions by a running back ever. Shedding. Um, I would say Barry Sanders. Incorrect. Danny. So most all-time career. Most receptions by a running back ever. Oh. Try not to search. Oh, Barry Sanders. They're was- <laughs> <laughs> <are> my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your hands. <laughs> um, man, I, you know, I don't even know. Like Emmett Smith, he played forever. Like, nah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was Marshall Falk. Uh, Marshall Falk. Oh, it was just part of their offense. Yeah, they just throw the ball all the time. If, yeah, so, if this gives you any indication of how Huck values. Running backs, it's just the ones that catch balls. That's whoa, what, that's whoa, all whoa, whoa, whoa. That, That's really his main goals. If we're not, if they catch the football, that's his main target. That and hey, sophomore, second listen, year guys, his favorite. <laughs> we're we're not getting into the intricacies of my uh, running back draft strategy, but I will say, you are correct. Uh, if you can't <laughs> catch the ball, you're not going to be a sex raptor. Okay, that's Here, that's here's, here's a little running back trivia for you. Who sure. holds the uh, all-time rushing leader for a single season. All-time rushing leader for a single season? Yes. Uh, that was um, Rams. Uh, is the Rams back in uh, – is it uh, Eric Dickerson? It is Eric Dickerson, correct. Yes, Eric Dickerson for the Rams. Um, yeah. And no. who holds the whole single season touchdown record still? We already talked about him. Is it uh, Ladanian? Yes, it is. Okay, man, I can't fool me. You can fool me in uh, in in some historical uh, football, but running backs, I've I've really studied. Uh, Ladanian Thompson was actually one of my next questions. He has the most targets all time by a long shot, uh, and uh, he is uh, has 
the most targets, but not the most wow. catches. I think he has uh, something like, uh, let's see, uh, like, let's see. He almost has uh, uh, 260 more targets than Marshall Falk. So it just tells you how the offices have changed. Number two on that list is Darren Sproles. So, you know, it tells you something. Okay, one last question. Who leads all NFL running backs in games played historically? Danny, can you name this one? I'll give you first shot. Uh, Emmett Smith. <laughs> I don't know. Incorrect. Incorrect. Uh, Shedding. Gotta be Frank Gore. That's Frank Gore. Oh, still geez, still trucking. He's still trucking, man. Still trucking. It's amazing as a 39-year-old with a son who's playing, I, I think, for Miami. Uh that he's is, he, still out there. is he in college or is he in pro? Is he pro? No, he's, in, he's in college. He's playing oh, for uh yeah, the College of Miami. Uh and and yeah, they, he's still out there running. I mean, he is the last piece of our of our uh, you know, the golden age of when we started. Or not when we started, obviously it was about three or four years after, but I mean, you gotta be kidding me. Somebody that when we graduated high school was getting in the league and now we are old as hell. You know, we're talking about uh, not being able to shotgun beers at the draft and uh, Frank Gore is still out there running people over. Uh, Where's he for, playing this year? I got, I got to mark him in my notes here. I believe it's the <laughs> it's Jets. Man. Is he still believe, the Jets? I think, That's like, he was a Niner last year, right? No, 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 no. I think he was with the, the, the Jets last year and saw just like very little time. He might not yeah. be with the team anymore. I'd have to look it up, but That'd I know he okay. said at the end of last year, I'm not done. So, you know, maybe we later on the uh, podcast, I can. Uh, I don't you. see Frank Gore in, in Yahoo right now. I, I didn't see him. At, I, yeah. I dropped I, off the radar. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. But just when you think, uh, you know, he's dropped off the radar, you'll, he's, uh, he's, he'll be back. Yeah, it says that he's uh, waiting, and this is early June, waiting for the right situation. So uh, somebody, uh, you know, somebody's going to ring his phone oh, and yeah. say, "Hey, Frank, come on, we need, we need uh, two yards per carry. Come on in here." Um, okay, all right. So you guys ready for some running backs? Some uh, you know divisional analysis. Uh, you know, this is what we came for. This is what people want to hear. So uh, let's start. AFC South, Shedig, tell me about the AFC South and who do you, who do you like there? I mean, you already mentioned Derrick Henry. I think to, to me, Derrick Henry, he's, he's just a complete beast. And last year they were saying well, there's no way he can keep up the production he had the year before. Well, he had even better production instead. Um, he's, he's absolutely amazing. I think Julio Jones is going to help him a lot because his safeties are going to have to respect that so much. Um, I think he's a very obvious choice unless you're, you know, target him early. You're not going to have a chance to me though. James Robinson, even though the, with the Jaguars, even though they drafted Travis Etienne behind him, I still think he's a beast. I think, I, I think he, it might, he's due for another great year and having Trevor Lawrence uh, with him will help him a lot. Uh, th- those are two of my favorite guys in the division right now. Uh, okay. Like I said, Travis Etienne is good. They're, they're talking about splitting him out wide, and they could take some carries away from Robinson. But Robinson just looked so good last year. I don't think it would matter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Danny, what do you think? Uh, yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry is crazy good, real powerful. 
real cool. <laughs> uh, I, I actually the Etienne, uh, Etienne uh, James Robinson. I um, I think they're both draftable. I think like I like I kind of like what they've done down there. They they got Trevor and they have this bell cow like running back, but they want to take some pressure off of them so they just stack their backfield and they're going to be able to run the ball pretty i don't know i don't know how good their offensive line is i'm assuming like middling um you know or whatever but good it's enough revamped. For, okay yeah that's right they uh they didn't no i'm thinking of a different team did they they bring in somebody in the uh from free agency no but they've drafted uh their left tackle um was was drafted uh, a few years back as their number one pick yeah. And uh, they've just kind of advanced, uh, you know, since then. Cam Robinson was brought in and, and the rest of them, they all, I mean, we saw it in uh, James Robinson and the way he, he succeeded yeah. last year. Uh, and yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah. their O-line is, is decent, decent enough to, to turn some heads. Um, yeah, I kind of look at them as like, uh, like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt light possibly which would be great because I, like I said, I think that there's a scarcity of running backs. And so I would like to, you know, have some flexibility for my RB two. Interesting then, uh, comparison. Interesting yeah. comparison on that. Yeah. I mean, that's conjecture because it's, it's a new coach, you know, uh, talking about a rookie running back, rookie quarterback is a lot of like unknowns there, but that could be the you know ceiling. And um, for me, it's tough to draft James Robinson, mm-hmm. mainly because James Robinson was picked uh, by an old, you, you got to understand that the, the front office and the coaches and the coaching staff were all cleaned out and they brought in Urban Meyer. So James Robinson was kind of something they acquired and Travis Etienne is somebody that they got and they drafted knowing that they had a guy like James Robinson in, as their club. So the mindset for me as the Jaguars front office, is like you didn't like, Robinson enough to you know at least wait another round they could have gotten pretty much anybody at that running back spot um but they got a running back at the end they thought he was that good uh I'm not going to say it's the worst but if I had to compare what their ceiling would be it would be more of a Melvin Gordon uh Austin Eckler from I I believe it was three years ago when they played for the Chargers or was it two years ago uh, when they played for the Chargers, when it was like Eckler was going off, he was catching everything uh, on the ground. He wasn't, you know, that much of a threat. But Melvin Gordon could still get you points, still be uh, somebody that was definitely startable as a RB two. So that's their ceiling. The floor is that, uh, you know, James Robinson gets stuff on the ground because this offense is is uh, stifled at, at many different points. And Etienne is pretty much lined up on the outside and becomes because what they're going to do is they're you're going to see Etienne in in the slot and you're going to see uh, both these running backs on the field multiple times and you could see Etienne be a, a McKissick type guy uh, where he just catches a bunch of balls and maybe gets two to three carries a week and we've seen that with other running backs like like a Naheem Hines kind of guy. Um, which isn't terrible, but people spending really high draft picks on a Naheem Hines type guy, uh, some weeks, if, uh, you know, you're playing with a lead, if, if the Jaguars are ever playing with a lead, uh, but if they're playing with a lead, he kind of drops off and you might get a, a goose egg out of him. But, uh, the, the guy I want to talk about is Jonathan Taylor. 
um, the end of last year. So it was like the tale of three seasons for Jonathan Taylor. You, you saw Marlon Mack go down and you really saw him like show up big in those first seven weeks. And in the middle right there, uh, he, he fell off and you saw him losing touches to other running backs like Naheem Hines. Uh, I know it was frustrating for, I think Brad had Jonathan Taylor last year, but you're on the two yard line. You think like Philip Rivers, come on, give it to the running back. Well, they did give it to the running back. It was just Naheem Hines out of the shotgun, which is just absolutely frustrating for somebody in that position. I don't think that happens a lot this year. I think Jonathan Taylor has established himself as a real big running back in that, in that offense. And in the last end of last season, uh, which I've talked about in, in past podcasts is, you know, people, the way I evaluate players is how they finished last season. If they finish hot, that means they figured something out. And uh, I believe as far as points in the playoffs and the end of the last season, uh, Jonathan Taylor was running back one out of everybody. You got to realize that in, uh, I played him. I got destroyed by him uh, in the playoffs. In the first weeks of the playoffs, first two, uh, or actually first one in the last week of the regular season, Jonathan Taylor was like, the star. Uh, he carried your team. I believe he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns in both those games. So, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, again, second year guys, uh, Shaddick said it before, uh, guys who can catch uh, who are or multi, multifaceted in that way. Jonathan Taylor should be a top five running back going into next year. We know this Colts O line can, can really, uh, you know, dig in in the trenches and give some open holes. So, uh, this is a guy I really like and, and probably, you know, in our drafts, like we talked about earlier, we, we value running backs different would be a second, third round guy. So, so I know, I know nobody wants to talk about it cause it's just kind of a sore subject since, uh, you know, Houston is kind of a hometown for us, but the Texans running back situation, mm-hmm. what, what do you guys think? I, I personally, it, I was very upset when we got David Johnson. Uh, I, I thought that was not a big part of the package. I, I know he, when he came to the Texans, he was injured multiple times. Uh, I don't really have high expectations for this season offensively for the Texans. So if David Johnson plays great, but I really like to see some young talent step up, you know, we got Mark Ingram. We have just a, you should talk uh, about, yeah. Say young talent and then say Mark Ingram. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I we have Ingram. We have uh, who's the guy from uh, Rex the, Burkhead, the Patriots? Rex, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Reece Jones through, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. We've got a stable of of older older guys, but I'd like There's to see still Lindsay in there. You know, he's yeah. he's not bad. I mean, whether it be uh, you know any sport, if you know your team's gonna suck, you like to see some kind of bright spot come out of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I want to root for the Texans and I want us to do well. And we do have talent at running back. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see David Johnson come out and get cut this year. Uh, you know, we've got a new regime at the Texans, if you will. And so you might see Philip Lindsay leading that club. You might see market. We don't know. So going into the draft, it's huge question marks, but, but yeah, Danny, you got anything on the Texans or is, is that somebody you're staying away from? Yeah, like they're they're not going to have an opportunity to run the ball. They're going to be so far behind in points in every game. So yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. I don't see any yeah. abandon all hope. Ye he enter, you know. Yeah, so, I, I mean we we brought in the uh, 
we brought in the receivers coach for the Ravens. I, you know, if he has that kind of scheme, you know, I would expect Mark Ingram to maybe be the lead dog or one of the lead dogs in that offense. Uh, but you know, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be fun to watch. And I think Danny's right. It's, it's going to be one of the last five running backs off the board for sure. Um, Let's move on to the AFC East. Something a little bit more exciting. Way to really bring down the mood there, Shetty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, you <laughs> know, I, the I, Texans. I would have, like, if it was a different division or a different team, I would have just let it go. But since it was the Texans, it was just one of those things where I was like, we got to talk about it. You know? Yeah. Like, we're, we just got to talk about it. You know? Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I do apologize. But it's not my fault. It's, it's, it's Jack Easterby's fault. That's okay. So we love the Texans. They're like our, you know, our drunk uncle who uh, can't get anything right and just can't get his life on track, but he's family and we love him. So, um, so yeah, but let's move on to the AFCs. Um, Danny, who do you like from this division? Uh, man, I guess like the person I would like the most and I don't love them. I don't know if there's anyone that you would love unless you see a lot of value mm-hmm. in this, in this division, but I guess miles Gaskin. Okay. He's going to have like a full year, you know, running, being kind of the main guy in like a somewhat anemic offense, potentially uh, with Tua. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to get their passing game in, together enough. And I saw that Malcolm Brown went there, but I'm, you know, I don't think I'm too worried about him. I, I kind yeah. of, I, I tend to, I have a tendency. And maybe this is not lacks nuance, but I just kind of feel like the uh, incumbent. So Miles Gaskin, I'm, mm. I think that they're probably going to get more carries in a lot of these situations when new guys come in. Yeah, um, that's why I think James Robinson to bring out a backup, like probably get more carries in in my mind. But that's a different division altogether. <laughs> um, I guess the other question is what's going on in in New England. Damian Williams is there now. Damien Harris. Uh, Damien Harris. Damien Harris. Oh, you're talking about. Uh, uh, yeah, like the guy. I thought the guy from uh, was it from Kansas the... City or Arizona? I thought they got. No, it's Damien Harris. No, okay. it's just Damien Harris, Sony Michelle, James White. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know oh, who you're um, talking about. We'll get to him later, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's not the Patriots. Patriots didn't really get to. Uh, have i mean a lot of free agents they picked up nelson algalore and kendrick Bourne and yeah. a bunch of tight ends yeah so. they got all those tight ends i mean so and then again like i guess do you think cam newton's going to be quarterbacking because then he's going to take the goal line carries yeah. uh, they've never really been damien harris is good for like one or two blow up games a year yeah. Sony Michelle, I, I don't know if he he doesn't have any knees. I don't think he has any kneecaps or anything. I think his thighs just yeah. go straight to his uh his femurs there. But uh and then you got James White who, you know, is is always good for a few catches, but yeah, New England's tough to yeah to spin forever. But they're still like one of the best rushing offenses, you know. Like so yeah. it's but if you could just hack that Belichick brain, you could get a lot of good running game out of him. But mm-hmm. and then and I guess so in this division. I, I would probably take a waiver on Michael Carter, like yep. just a, such like a, an unestablished situation, like this kind of murky, they got a rookie, like uh, why not in a later round, 
throw it up there and maybe you land somebody that you can trade or you ends up being an RB too. I don't know how it's going to turn out. That's so many changing things down there mm-hmm. that I don't know how, what they're going to look like, but, uh, well, you know, are- Buffalo and then Buffalo's Josh Allen. So that's my take on the division. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I'll jump in here before shutting this time, just because I want to talk about Michael Carter. That was that was who I wanted to. I, Michael Carter to me is, and the first one, not the second one. You know, the Jets took two Michael Carters, uh, the original, not the second. Uh, Michael Carter, running back out of North Carolina. I I don't. I didn't really. He, I, I believe he had the most receptions last year. And I, I know we're talking about receptions again. <laughs> most receptions uh, as a, a senior at North Carolina in the NCAA. So um, he definitely has that working for him. I don't think after this last year, and and you know maybe I'm wrong, but they have uh, confidence in the guy Michael Piron. So it's really wide open. You got Tevin Coleman who Tevin like Coleman, yeah. He's hundred years no old. There's real competition there. Yeah. Exactly. If he can yeah. show that uh, he can come out and and really establish himself, it's a wild card. It's it's totally wild. Uh, it's an exciting offense. I mean, we're talking about Jaguars, Jaguars, Jaguars um, as an exciting team to draft with all those receivers and whatever. Jets, obviously not as exciting. I, I don't really love Zach Wilson, but you know these guys are going to be super cheap. I think. Like yeah. you said, Michael Thomas or Michael Carter can be somebody that you take uh, way late. For me, he's a, a, a surefire running back three, somebody that you could definitely fill in in bye weeks and take a flyer on that could turn into a running back two easily if he gets enough carries and enough volume. So I love Michael Carter. I think that, he, um, you know, maybe another, not this year, but he could be a star. Another plus, too, is their new coach came over from uh, San Francisco. So he's, you know, kind of like that. that's a running mindset. So he might instill that. Although he was a defensive coordinator, but, and you know, he and might. he had Tevin Coleman under him, so they might yeah. be, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but you got to think Tevin Coleman is a little bit older uh, and very injury prone and injured. Yeah, yeah. So, so Shadi, who do you like from this division? Uh, I think for this division, it's more of a way to look at a strategy of how to draft a running back because in this division, there's a lot of situations like Danny was uh, pointing out. With the Pats, so and with the Bills, their quarterbacks can Cam Newton and Josh Allen are going to take a lot of the early, the close to goal line situations. So those running backs are immediately kind of cut at the knees, at, um, you know, ADP wise. But if uh, for the Pats, if Mac Jones can start, Damian Harris might have a value might jump up a lot, but you still have that Belichick, you know, Oh, you had a great week. Well, you're 30 seconds late to a meeting. So I'm going to bet you, fuck you. Uh, So like you, you always have to worry about that kind of thing. I do like the miles Gaskin pick jets. Yeah, they could, they could be interesting. It's just really hard to see the jets in a different fashion uh, for me. But I I think, like I said, for this is just really about like, there's a lot of good value in here. Like miles Gaskin. Gaskins could be really good if the Dolphins are at all decent this year, but you know, they might not be. So it's, but their defense is really good, very opportunistic, putting them good to uh, good position. So Miles Gaskins could be in position to, uh, to run the ball a lot. So I, I do like that a, a lot. It's just for this is a lot of these running backs are kind of in the dead zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can agree. It's, it's hard to get your mind out of the uh, jets. Le'Veon Bell, you know, they have Frank Gore, LaMichael P. Ryan, and all these failures at running back that they've had uh, for, for the past, like, three or four years. We haven't seen a good Jets running back. I mean, God. 
a Jets running but, back worth having in forever. But it's not their fault. It's usually because they're down like 30 points because they're terrible defense or their quarterback throws, you know, three interceptions in the first quarter and, and they're down. So it's like, you're not going to run the ball after that. So it's like, they could be great, good running backs, but you went to the Jets, so you're always going to be down, so you're never going to be able to be running the ball. So that's just one of those situations. That's where it's like, okay, you could be talented and be a great name. Like, I'm sure, you know, even when Le'Veon Bell started there, the Jets, he got drafted kind of high, but obviously he did terrible because he was at the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we talked, you know, uh, extensively about the AFC East, but let's move on to the AFC North. Uh, like I always say, Shedding, this is your home. I'm going to go ahead and let you start. Oh, well, I mean, Danny's up there in Pittsburgh right now. I'm oh. Very yeah. jealous. I'm very jealous. Yeah. I'm wondering, what, what's the word on Najee Harris up there? Uh, I think I think people are, are pleased. I think the writing on the wall is there. It's like they're, they're too good of an organization to go into a full rebuild, but they're going to, you know, Ben's going to be done in a year. And they're going to need to shore. And I think they're going to build through their line and kind of find, you know, start, start making those structural fixes first. And then before, unless, because I don't know if they think what's the guy uh, Haskins is going to be the quarterback of the future. I've not heard any talk. Oh, about that. I, I almost forgot. <laughs> but like, yeah. He might not Former, even make the team though. He, yeah, I, I, I would bet that he, he doesn't. Uh, but I well, thought you saw it was the news great... on, you saw the news on Haskins. No. What is it? What happened? His wife uh, punched him in the mouth uh, at the uh, Cosmo in Vegas, and uh, he filed charges. So it's a uh, domestic dispute oh, no. uh, charges on his wife. Around. Oh, that's like the opposite of Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I don't know. That's a dark joke, but yeah, I, but yeah, he got uh, punched in the mouth and uh, suffered extensive injuries, and it's a terrible oh. internet joke going on right now, where it's like. People are making fun of, uh, you know, Haskins, and it's just you can't do that. In domestic disputes, domestic dispute, whether it's uh, man on woman or woman on man. So, anyway, go on. Oh, so who's talking? Me or shedding? Oh no, 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 it's fine. What's happening? A little Pittsburgh reaction, but it, oh, know, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I do agree uh, that yeah, they're not going to go through a full rebuild. It's just Ben right now. It's really a matter of like he's really late in his career. So doing like traditional uh, play action things like that, unless he's going to be in the pistol or shotgun all the time, that's not going to be conducive to a great running game really ever because you, it limits you in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, just because like, you know, Ben, imagine Ben doing a, a bootleg play action pass and he turns turns around and miles garrett in his face is in his face can he get away from miles garrett no so it's just you know there's a lot of things that they're just not going to do it's just one of those things where it's like i think Najee harris is is going to be great i think he's an amazing running back i think he'll do have a, a good year i just think he'll be limited by uh, some some things there uh the ravens is one of those things where it's like man jk dobbins is amazing but you know that uh, Lamar Jackson's going to take a lot of those, uh, a lot of those uh, goal line carries for me. But I, I am liking Najee Harris. It's just I'm I'm nervous about the uh, offensive line and then Ben's situation. I'm hoping that he can open up the passing game a lot more, like he did early in the season last year, and that'll give Najee some more t- uh, more room to work underneath. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Danny, what do you think? Uh, 
I think uh, that this uh, actually, Huck, can why don't you speak first? I got to hand okay. something. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk about uh, um, Gus Edwards, actually. Um, so Gus Edwards um, is not a sexy running back. Not a sexy running back at all. <laughs> uh, it's somebody that we've probably never drafted in in fantasy somebody that's always been picked up off free agents and when i say we've never drafted him we've always picked him off our free agents and he's always started um they got rid of ingram and what i will say is that jk dobbins as good as he was was a little inconsistent uh last year at times and i know he finished strong so don't you know i i'm not hating on jk dobbins by any means but what i am saying is that Gus Edwards can be had for super, super cheap. Uh, and for the last seven weeks of last year, uh, he didn't have anywhere less than seven carries. So he's a workhorse. He's going to get uh, his work uh, over there in, in, uh, in Baltimore. And, and we've seen that Baltimore is not afraid to, to run the ball 30, 35 times, 40 times, if you include uh, Lamar Jackson. So not a terrible pick a guy on the goal line that can definitely hawk some from J.K. Dobbins. And somebody, like I said, could be your running back three, somebody that could fill in on your bye weeks uh, if he gets hot. If, if J.K. Dobbins somehow gets hurt or goes down, Gus Edwards is, uh, I care to say, a top 15 running back. So uh, somebody that you can get some, uh, somebody you can get cheap, somebody you can get at the end of the draft, uh, and somebody reliable. So So that's why I like. Uh, Gus Edwards, Danny, are you ready, or are you, or are you still need a few seconds? Yeah, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I've in all my years <laughs> of like listening to you guys, I've never heard someone be like, "Oh, I got to take this phone call." So, but I have a friend <laughs> coming into town from Cleveland right now, and I was okay. afraid she might be lost. So, I wanted to make sure she uh, was squared away. So, well, apologies. I, no, I, I hope heard, she's I hope she's squared away. I heard you had a hot take on Gus Edwards, though. Uh, oh yeah, the Gus funny, bus. I, yeah, I think like to me this is I guess maybe the NFC East is real good division for running backs, but um, like w- one of the best divisions, and especially because I think you can get some of these guys in good spots in the draft um, for for running backs. Najee Harris is you know should get like they just the Steelers you know imagine the Steelers didn't run the ball at all last year. You know, I, I, I had Ben Roethlisberger on my team and it was great to be like, well, he's throwing the ball 50 times and it wasn't really getting any traction or doing anything. Um, but you know, that came at, they just didn't trust James Conner um, for uh, because he just runs into the O line, I guess, and falls down or something. But uh, uh, Najee Harris should get a lot of, a lot of carries and, and no one's going to take them away from him. So I think that's promising. I think Jake, Okay, Dobbins is uh, – when I started doing a little bit of research, I kind of found myself really liking this guy and might be going for him in, in the draft. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, tip my hand a little bit here. Yeah. But I think he's good. You know, you, like you said, he was coming on strong in the uh, – like towards the latter half of the season. You keep in mind that this is – you know, all these rookie running backs from last year, they didn't have uh, uh, any camps or anything really, as much like training as they would have normally with the team because of covid um and so like maybe they got some things figured out there and they got uh you know i guess you're saying gus edwards could push him a little bit but um the only thing is that then the uh, he was really efficient in the red zone 
um, that should not, you know, they, they talk about regression. He should probably come down from, from how good he was, but at the same time, uh, he should have a positive touchdown. Like he, he didn't score many and he could score a lot more. And, and I think this offense there can be so dynamic and, and, and it wasn't long ago. Mark Ingram was like a great, great, great uh, find oh, on yeah. this team in your draft. And then uh, Joe Mixon, uh, is he ever going to do what he's supposed to do? And my guess is, honestly, no. I mean, <laughs> the uh, the Bengals, like, yeah, I would love it. Uh, you know, he, he probably might be great, and I would, I'm would i going to kick myself for missing him if I, like, could have had him. But, you know, they instead of taking an offensive lineman, they went with Jamar Chase, and you get it because uh, Joe Burrow and him have that connection there. And I know they brought in some guys on their offensive line. But, um, I mean, Joe Burrow got injured. Joe Mixon's been injured a lot. It's because they have a terrible offensive line, and, and until I see that it's good, I'm not going to believe that it is. So, yeah, yeah it's um, probably yeah, that's probably a that's smart choice because Bengals, Bengals, like always being ahead and having an offensive line is not really something you can ever count on. And yeah, I think we we can't move on from this division without at least mentioning how good Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are. Probably yeah. the best running back duo in in a league. Yeah, I, I've been on uh, the Kareem Hunt train since, you know, even through his whole scandal thing. I mean, ever since he was drafted, I, I drafted him uh, in the 10th round as a rookie, unknown. And then uh, he came back and, you know, with the Browns, I knew that he would show up last year and he did in a big way. Uh, yeah, this is the best tandem in the NFL. I mean, you can start here. These guys, uh, Chubb's a established running back one, one of the top 10 running backs in the league. Hunt. Uh, as a star running back two, uh, can can really steal it at any time. Uh, yeah. You know, being a Chubb uh, owner and a Hunt owner is frustrating at times uh, because they swap. But realistically, you could start them at running back one. You could draft them both. Start at running back one and running back two and be pretty satisfied with your uh, running back production week to week. So uh, you yeah. can't go wrong with these guys. Yeah. For sure. Uh, let's go to AFC West. Really exciting division uh, for quarterbacks and receivers, but is it for running backs? Shedek, what do you think? I really think it's one of the worst ones for running backs because it's. I feel like every time you'd get close to anything into the red zone, you the quarterback's just going to take the ball in his own hands. I mean, you got the Chiefs with Clyde Edwards-Lair, which yes, the Chiefs are an amazing offense, but you don't really hear about them running the ball that often. I think they like they did it really efficiently like a couple games last year, and then they're just like, okay, that was fun, but we're going to go back to the, the Patrick Mahomes show, which is understandable. But it's just kind of like if you're a Clyde Edwards-Lair owner or any of the other running backs, which probably aren't really ownable, like Jarek McKinnon or Darrell Williams. Well, I know you said he, Jarek McKinnon got a lot of passes last year, but at best he's a bi-week filler still for you. And then uh, the other one for me is uh, Austin Eckler with the Chargers. I think, I don't know, with injuries and uh, uh, with Justin Herbert having such a big arm and wanting to uh, uh, probably, you know, keep pace with Mahomes now. To me, he's just not that big of a running back. Can you defend Eckler to me? I mean, can you make a case for him? Yeah, absolutely. I can defend Eckler because uh, Eckler only played or he he – he didn't play for a huge gap of last year, but he played in the first three weeks. And when he played in the first three weeks, he was on the same pace as he was the year prior. So he showed up and was the same person that he was uh, in the year prior where we all fell in love with him. 
So it's not like he dropped off. So don't get the idea that uh, that Eckler came out and was like a different running back, and that's why he kind of is was taken or should be taken a little bit lower. He was the running back that he was the year before. Uh, and when he came back, uh, or I'm sorry, he didn't really come back last year uh, with a vengeance. But when when uh, he's out there with Herbert, um, he's, he's playing pretty well. Uh, and he's, he's putting up points. So uh, he should get a healthy workload this year. Um, he he's, doesn't have to fight all that much with, with other running backs. Um, you can still see uh, Josh Kelly probably taking some of those goal line carries, but we're talking about a guy that could get anywhere from five to 10 receptions a game and 50 yards on the ground. Uh, like maybe an Alvin Kamara 2.0, somebody that really deserves to be second, third rounder still, uh, but you can get him in third through fifth. So yeah, I like Eckler. You, you trust his health? No, I don't. But and <laughs> no. and no, that's, and that, that's why point, no. <laughs> no, but that's why you wait. That's why you're waiting. Yeah. Uh, that's why he's going to drop, and he does show value is because people don't trust his is uh, you know he's injury prone. So do I trust him to be 100 percent healthy? I'm not going to put my stamp of approval and say absolutely he's going to play for you every week. Uh, but when he does play, just expect him to be uh, the running back that you drafted. He's not going to let you down. So, Danny, what do you like in this division? Oh, man. Well, um, look, have you guys been able to, like, hear me breathe? I feel like I'm breathing like a real fat person. Was it Eckler that got you breathing really heavy? Yeah, yeah. I was like. (laughs) That happens. Oh, Oh, Let me see your hands. Uh, Okay. uh, No, you're doing fine, buddy. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a great job. And I'm a little hungover, so. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. Well, uh, okay, I guess, like, an alarming thing is, you know, do you need to worry? Is Josh Jacobs' value decreased because of Kenyon Drake being there now? Thinking back on this, I don't think so. I think uh, Kenyon Drake is an insurance policy because Josh Jacobs was injured, not injured, for a lot of last year. Um, that being said, like, I'm not too excited. Josh Jacobs, too, was like, you know, he'd score. He, I think he scored, like, three touchdowns in the first game. You're like, oh my gosh, whoever got him is probably like Michael. He gets everybody. Nah, I think it was Hedeman. <laughs> uh, Hedeman, but okay. Yeah. Oh, he had some woes ahead of him, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so I don't know if he's kind of a sink or swim kind of running back. Um, uh, and I, I would also say that you were right about Cam Akers. You were just too early. Maybe that's already been acknowledged on this podcast. But, yeah, um, I mean, not the right division, but we'll talk yeah. about him later. Oh, God dang it. I have the Rams in the wrong. Uh... <laughs> also, I mean, these, yeah, sometimes these divisions get tough. Sometimes these divisions get tough. I got my notes tough. all backwards here. <laughs> um, all right, but I guess the only guy is that I would, again, and this is, I do this sometimes with, like, uh, uh, running backs, rookie running backs. I don't watch probably as much college football as you or some of the other guys. Um, but, like, you know, they have uh, the, the uh, Broncos. That's the right division, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Yeah. Got you got Javante you got Williams. Ding, ding, ding. And, uh, and um, that's another guy. Like, because I, I have heard some rumblings out of, you know, some deeper Reddits on, it, mm. uh, on the interwebs. You guys are probably familiar with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, that like, there's some people who think that it's Javante Williams this year, and and not that I would expect anything unless like Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson goes to, uh, to to Denver. Um, not they had a good that, running back. I mean, what's that? If they had a good running back, I mean, it, it changed its whole. Melvin Gordon sucks. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've hated Melvin Gordon he since he held out. 
but I mean, uh, yeah, but I, uh, you know, Drew Locke is also like a wed late around a, a wed a lead weight around the neck of the Broncos too. Yeah. But so, they could uh, just yeah. go t- Teddy Bridgewater and let their defense work and just like yeah. kind of like you know uh, try to about Teddy the game and run the ball a lot. Yeah. But Javante Williams is someone that I would take like a late round, you know, when I can't think of uh, a, a, when I'm like really drunk and being gushetic, like, hey, can you give me the name of a defensive player? Which happened last year. And that's a disadvantage for not being at the live draft. Hey, um, listeners, listen, <laughs> this is the same guy last year who got super hammered. And in the last round goes, Chase Claypool. <laughs> whispered in my ear, I think it's going to be good. And I was like, who the hell's Chase Claypool? Okay, <laughs> you're taking his old Steelers fan, taking Chase Claypool in the last round. Big whoop. They've got, uh, you know, Juju, and they had, uh, you know, uh, old, Deion what's his name? Him. Yeah. And and you're taking Claypool? You're crazy. Claypool came out and just destroyed. And I'm like, wow, good pick. So they, maybe Javante Williams has some, you know, maybe yeah. maybe this is your late round guy. That, you that take would be year. the guy that I'm if I'm going to write him on the back of my hand uh, during the draft <laughs> so that whenever I forget, I'll, hopefully no one takes him. Uh, or your him. hands get too sweaty. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does this say? <laughs> um, but no, so, I'm going to disagree with you on the Josh Jacobs thing. Uh, they brought in Kenyon Drake. Uh, and I wouldn't be worried about it except for Kenyon Drake. Um, when he became the Kenyon Drake that we know and love, obviously not last year because he sucked and yeah, he, he failed was, out of Arizona. Right. Yes, <laughs> I know. But he became the guy because he catched the balls. Uh, he became the guy because he was a receiving back, which is kind of the name of the game. And uh, if you look at Josh Jacobs, he caught 33 balls last year and 238 yards. That's really light. Uh, he did have over a thousand yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns. So not terrible. Um, but they might spread this out and you might have a guy that's like the one B and, and Kenyon Drake. And if that happens, I would be worried about Josh Jacobs and I would be taking a flyer on Kenyon Drake because, uh, if anything happens to, uh, Josh Jacobs, we know what Kenyon Drake can do and Kenyon Drake, uh, you know, can really thrive that offense. So just something to think about. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, but let, let's, that's it for the AFC. We're done. Goodbye, AFC running backs. Uh, let's say hello to the NFC South. Shedig, tell me about the NFC South. What do you think? I mean, the NFC South's got some of the best running backs in, in the game, honestly, and that's pretty obvious with Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're both entering a little bit of a new situation with the quarterbacks. You know, Christian McCaffrey's uh, going uh, to have – Sam Darnold under the helm and Alvin Kamara is going to have, I'm my guess right now is it's going to be a combination of both of them. I think it's going to be 75, 25, uh, James Winston, Taysom Hill. But I think, I mean, even when Drew Brees was there, when Drew Brees was there, Taysom Hill would come in with during the, in the red zone sometimes. So even if James Winston is the running is the quarterback, Taysom Hill will still be Taysom Hill, basically. So and that's to me, that's just always a crutch to Alvin Kamara. And somehow he still crawls into the top three running backs every year, which is pretty amazing feat for him. I think, you know, even having a Taysom, Taysom Hill crutch on his side, just, you know, this knife in his ribs that must be a pain in the ass. Mm. Or I guess ribs. But, knife in the ribs, uh, man, the ass. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. And for, you know, for Christian McCaffrey, obviously for me, it's just a bit of a health issue, but he could be amazing like he was two years ago. 
uh, it's really, it's just one of those situations to be very, very careful to me for being two of the top three running backs. It's, they have very sticky situations in my mind. Yep. Yeah, I can agree with that. Danny, tell me about this division. What do you think? Um, well, so it's funny, you know, we were, you, when you texted me about being on this podcast, uh, I was like, I got to think of a hot take. And you said Todd Gurley as a joke. <laughs> and it's like, no, but maybe I'm going to look into it. And then I did. And it turns out Todd Gurley's a free agent right now. He's yeah. not even. <laughs> so I was getting like, you know. Super hot research. take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was, you know, starting to do my research, which was basically like, who the hell is where? You know. Yeah, he's just, just like Frank Gore. He's waiting for that. He's waiting but, for that phone call. But a couple interesting things going on in Atlanta is they got Mike Davis um, from Carolina. Which is like I don't know how you want to look at that. Like Carolina didn't think enough of him to be worried about trading him in division, or Atlanta played him enough to be like, hey, this guy's got talent, so that's a wash. But uh, uh, they also have Arthur Smith from uh, is the new head coach from the Titans, and we know that they're really good at running the ball. Um, and then also interestingly, I see that Cordell Patterson is the RB two. So I feel like this year I'm going to draft Mike Davis and then Huck is going to get Cordell Patterson <laughs> and try to trade him to me the whole year <laughs> telling me that he's going to take his spot. I do um, love my, myself and Corpat. Yeah. Corpat is, is uh, you know, you guys are sleeping on Corpat. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, but I guess the, I don't know if it's a hot take or anything, but um, Mike Davis is, is, is worth a, a glancing look at least well you're gonna have to fight me for mike davis he's like my one of my number one loves for this uh upcoming season we saw so that's a that's a faint it's definitely cordell patterson but go on Huck. okay i mean sure <laughs> I, I i know i'm gonna have to box the whole league for Cord pat but uh but yeah i'm sure you guys got tired of my my Cord pat memes last year in the group chat and uh, you know, throwing out all kinds of predictions for when Corpat would actually score. He did uh, twice, I think, all year, uh, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, one more thing, I think I beat you in a bet though at one point last yeah. year involving Cordell Patterson. Yeah, I don't lose because, those usually, yeah, yeah. but but I did this time. I think uh, yeah. I asked. I thought he'd get like more than twenty rushing yards because uh, yeah. he was a starting running back for like four weeks, uh-huh. and they just declined to run the ball or I don't know. I can't remember what happened, but uh, yeah. it was, it was, it was bad, but no, I, I really love Mike Davis. Um, I think, you know, the way he played last year for, for the Panthers, filling in for Christian McCaffrey was, was absolutely amazing. Um, it, he uh, last year, he had average 17.4 touches a game. So uh, he, he has the confidence of uh, a coaching staff it's a new coaching staff i can i can understand that uh but how i know we had Gurley on the falcons last year there's a reason he's not getting a call because uh his tires are flat and he's just he can't run anymore uh if they had a running back who was explosive maybe somebody like mike davis uh somebody that could get out and catch the ball which mike davis can do uh and get out in space maybe this offense would have been totally different maybe the falcons would have been a lot better I think that this is uh, an offense that can uh, really run now that Julio's gone through Mike Davis and, and uh, play up to people like Calvin Ridley. So I've always, always, always been a Falcons guy. <laughs> I, I really jump on Falcons pretty early. And just the fact that you said Cord Pat's behind him and Quadri Allison, it's just not 
like anybody pushing him. Mike Davis might be one of these running backs that has just an extreme workload uh, and just can be an RB1 by volume itself. So I really do like Mike Davis. I hate to push bubble, but, uh, you know, I'll be definitely keeping my eyes on you uh, via Skype or via Zoom or wherever we're doing in the draft and making sure you're not uh, jumping ahead of me to get Mike. Um, but I also, before we go on this division, I want to talk about uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's coming off, not last year, obviously, he had trouble. But the year before, one of the best running back seasons that we've seen in the last decade, probably the best running back season that we've seen in a decade. And last year, he was running back one through three weeks, and then he got hurt, and then he didn't play barely anymore. I mean, Danny, you saw this firsthand uh, when you drafted him. Uh, he was a great running back. That he was just, great in every game he played in. In every game he played in. And <laughs> just like, like Eckler – it's not like he's fallen off. It's not like he's, you know, somebody that, oh, well, he's changed. He's the same Christian McCaffrey. He's the same guy that we should really challenge to draft over quarterbacks. He's the same person. As long as he's 100% healthy and you have confidence in that, uh, Joe Brady in Carolina is going to run this guy into the ground. He's going to get a ton of carries and a ton of catches, and he's going to have four touchdown games. Uh, 10 catches games, the games that just win you a week. Uh, so I, I trade him by three. Maybe, sure. And 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 Shaddy's gonna ask the question, but do you have confidence in his health? No, I have confidence in, in, I don't have confidence in his health because when he came back last week or last year, he got hurt again. Uh, you know, so he got driven down in the ground. I think he hurt his shoulder, oh. but it, draft him early, draft him quick. <laughs> Rest and rehab. Uh, we're talking about one of the. Uh, most elite, if not the elite, running back in our game. So uh, don't don't sleep on Chris McCaffrey, and especially if you're in one of those running back leagues with that value running backs first. This guy is a no-brainer overall number one pick. So uh, let's move on to another division here, NFC East, and in, uh, in poor man's division. Uh, Danny, give me your take on the NFC East and who you like there. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I love anybody. Here, I think that Ezekiel Elliott will come back and be huge. Um, you know, with well, with uh, Dak Prescott returning. Um, uh, I know where they got Antonio Gibson. Um, uh, and I suppose I just don't know if he's going to do better than he did last year. I don't know how much the Redskins will improve with Ryan Fitzpatrick there. Um, and I'm glad Saquon's back because that was that was a rough. I remember it was like all in one week when Saquon and like CMC and everybody went down, mm-hmm. and he had some really premier and like you know Dak was injured at the beginning of the season, which impacted Ezekiel Elliott. So you had these like premier guys that like were gone, and it just yeah. really kind of made the running backs feel even more empty. But I, I gotta say, I don't have any like great takes. I'm I'm sure that Shedig will have something interesting to share about Miles Sanders, but uh. Yeah, oh, nothing, I have, nothing I juicy. Nothing okay. okay. never be on my team. Oh, he's dead to you. I drafted him <laughs> way too early last year because yeah. the reason I drafted him so early last year is because he finished as running back number one through the six weeks of the yeah, end, yeah. end of the season the year before. So do no, not everyone let that be was hyped. You look at yeah. running back because it means jack shit to what they're yeah. going to do the next year sometimes. Always it can be good. It can be good. And sometimes it can mean absolute. Diddly squat. So, yeah. you know, 
he's he's a decent uh, running back. I think he might even do better this year with Jalen Hurts because yeah. the back line, uh, backside linebacker or, or defensive end will have to stay home to make sure that Jalen Hurts isn't running the ball half the time. But I, I, as you might be a little uh, poo-poo on this division for running backs, but personally, I think there's a lot of great value in this division. Oh, I don't think I don't I don't poo-poo it. I just think like. You know, like, you know who everybody, one of these, we all know who these guys are. And, like, you know, it's kind of hard to be able to get the Saquon or the Ezekiel, you know, unless. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to draft them early, but, you know, they don't know. A lot of the running backs in this division don't have anybody that's going to take the time away from them that that much. Even Tony Pollard behind Zeke. If Zeke's healthy, Tony Pollard's not taking time away from him, even though they know he's good. And even with Miles Sanders, he's got Boston Scott and somebody else behind him. But I'm not really worried about them taking too much time from last year. He got hurt a little bit, and Carson Wentz was just the worst quarterback in the league, so that really hurt him a lot. But like I said, I think there's a lot of really good value in this division for running backs because Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon could jump back into being top five running back in the league. I feel like very easily if they can just stay healthy and their quarterbacks can be better, a little bit better than competent. Yeah, and I agree with you that uh, Saquon's definitely going to be somebody to watch. I mean, just like the Christian McCaffrey thing. Uh, I mean, rest and rehab. He comes back. Did you see the Eli Manning joke on Twitter today? Came out and said, stop posting or stop photoshopping my legs onto your body, Saquon. Uh, Saquon's legs are like tree trunks. They're insane. You think they're photoshopped because you see like 50 different muscles moving in there like a different machine. Uh, but uh, he's he's a physical freak. And he's going to uh, – he, he's going to, you know, come back and be the running back one that we all believe – he was when he when he got drafted, um, but I disagree with the Eagles. Nobody pushing Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was a little bit of a disappointment, as you know, uh, last year. And Boston Scott showed up and was actually a pretty good receiving threat. Uh, they did bring in Carry On Johnson, and so they have some established guys behind uh, Miles Sanders. I'm not gonna jump out and say Boston Scott deserves to be the starter or carry on Johnson deserves to be the starter but Miles Sanders definitely has some people pushing him uh and this offense when you're talking about running quarterbacks and running backs it's a really frustrating thing to pick a running back with a running quarterback because you're giving up touchdowns on the goal line you're giving up first downs. You're giving up short yardage runs. You're giving up all kinds of things that, you know, maybe you would have had, you know, with a statue type quarterback. Jalen Hurts definitely is a mobile guy. I mean, he gets outside the pocket. Uh, look at um, running backs from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it, you know, it was really hard to take CEH last year. Uh, you know, people were really excited about him. And he came out and was like, oh, man, he's getting like five to ten carries and two to three catches a game. And so from if Miles Sanders was going to succeed, it was last year under Carson Wentz. It was, that was his time to show that he was a running back one. I have him slated as a running back two, maybe running back three this year. I I don't really have confidence. I have confidence in the Eagles as a whole, uh, you know, with this defense and, uh, and, and Jalen hurts coming in and they're, they draft receivers, two young receivers and Dallas Goddard getting that starting job. I, I don't have 
confidence, that much confidence in Miles Sanders in that offense. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I want to talk about Antonio Gibson. I think Antonio Gibson is one of the stars of our league. Uh, I, I think that, you know, when he got injured last year late, it was, it was a, a real bummer for the Washington football team. But uh, if, if he is established in this offense, especially early, uh, you know, he can be somebody, he could be a running back one, you know, and borderline upper echelon running back two. It, you got to understand that uh, Rivera came out and compared him to Christian McCaffrey last year in the preseason. We all laughed. We all said, oh my gosh, he's coming from Carolina where he had Christian McCaffrey and now he wants to compare some rookie running back to him. It looked like, I mean, I wasn't Christian McCaffrey, but it looked like the guy knew kind of what he was talking about. He can run, he can catch, he can hit that open hole. He's a smart kid uh, and he's young. So in his second year, and you know how I love second year guys. So uh, Antonio Gibson is definitely somebody that should be looked at in the third, fourth round. Uh, somebody could take him as their number one overall running backs after they take uh, a, quarter, a couple quarterbacks and a, and a big wide receiver and be totally satisfied with that. So um, I like Antonio Gibson. I think he's somebody definitely we should watch. Uh, going into the draft. All right. How about the NFC North? Danny, what do you think? I think uh, Dan- Danny might be uh, step- stepped away for a second, but. Oh, we got another f- phone call from a, from a lady friend. No, I uh, was muted. Oh, <laughs> I, was just, I was here. I was like, yeah, sorry yeah, about that. It, guys. Happens. it happens to I the started, best of us. I started saying like all these really insightful things about fantasy football, and then I realized that it's and now it's gone. Okay, but, uh, we'll try to remember. <laughs> I can, well, as you recall, I had David Montgomery last year, and that uh-huh. uh, and uh, that worked out. Real, it was probably, in hindsight, like the best pick of my draft because I had to start him whenever CMC went down, like for the whole year. And I like it's it's interesting. I obviously Tariq Cohen getting injured really made that a viable option for me. But I think that he did well enough, especially at the end of the season, where he played a series of really awful defenses, but did really well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's earned like there's no uh, it's not really like a one A one B with Tariq Cohen. It's it's David Montgomery, um, and uh, you know I so. It's not a sexy pick, but uh, no, not I'm, at all. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I, but it's like not a terrible pick, I don't think. And mm-hmm. um, uh, like I, I was wanted to trade them all last year, but I couldn't, and I'm glad I wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, uh, I guess, I've noticed that Jamal Williams is in Detroit, and so to me, you know, Jamal Williams is a was a good running back and uh, DeAndre Swift also a good running back, but I think that kind of handicaps maybe what, you know, DeAndre Swift isn't going to be, he's going to rob him of some of his opportunities. I know he's a catching a receiving uh, running back. So you probably have more to say about him, but that's why, you know, I look at DeAndre Swift and I look at JK Dobbins that came in at the same time. I think more next year, I'm a little more excited for JK Dobbins um, because of Jamal Williams coming to Detroit. That's those yeah. are my takes. Okay. All right, Chad, what do you think about this division? Uh, you know, the the lead leader of the pack is obviously Dalvin Cook. The the guy's a beast if he could stay healthy. Um, that's obviously I guess you could say that's that's what you can say about a lot of running backs. There's like 
you know, 10 to maybe even 12 running backs that could be top three running back if they stay, if they still stay healthy, basically, you know, but it's, it's, it's worth a risk though, because he, he is, he is an absolute monster as the champion of our league from last year knows that Dalvin cook, basically him and a couple other people uh, really helped him get over the hump to win the championship. And we had a great stretch in, in the playoffs and the championship game, but, uh, the other one to me is Aaron Jones is he is a great running back, but uh, even with the quarterback situation being a little up in the air, which uh, could, you know, obviously could be Rogers or uh, Jordan love. I think he still has a great potential. It's just with AJ Dillon nipping his heels. It's really, it, it's really a very big question mark to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is a, not a very sexy uh, division when it comes to running backs. Uh, you've got some people like Aaron Jones, whose job is kind of up in the air because you got Aaron Rodgers uh, keeping the whole league on the end of their seat, uh, trying to guess whether he's going to play or not, whether it's going to be Jordan Love or him. Uh, so, and Aaron Jones is probably the big one there. I don't like David Montgomery just because of the way he runs. Obviously, he showed up for Danny last year and he produced, uh, but just the, his form just makes me not believe in him as much. And uh, the fact that he, not last year, obviously, he showed up last year and he had a lot of volume, uh, but two years ago, he was very inconsistent. Uh, one guy that on the Packers that I don't think his job really is affected by Aaron Rodgers, whether he's there or not, is A.J. Dillon. Um, the, the Jamal Williams to Detroit thing, really opens up some time for A.J. Dillon. We saw in the playoffs last year where the Packers would spell Aaron Jones a lot, actually, uh, with A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's a huge guy. He's really got that power. Uh, And, you know, if he can catch a a few balls out of the backfield, he can become that type of running back, that type of, you know, power uh, receiving combination that could be good in fantasy sports. It's a flyer. It's a late round flyer. It's a second year guy. Um, but you could still see him hawk some running backs from Aaron Jones uh, in a goal line situation. So I really like him, but I, I like De- DeAndre Swift as well. Um, the only downside of DeAndre Swift, I think, because I think he'll get the volume that he deserves. I think Swift is a star. Uh, he showed that at Georgia. Uh Detroit tried to get him some some starts last year, but Detroit's offense just kind of fell apart at the seams last year. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I know that Swift had some really bad growing pains. I know everybody remembers that dropped touchdown that he had last year. Uh, he was a young kid. Maybe he's learned a little bit, but the only thing that holds me back on Swift is the ineptitude of the Detroit offense and their lack of weapons all over the place. I do think he'll get his volume, which will give him running back two status. Uh, but there might be weeks, like we talked about with the Jaguars, where the Lions are losing by two touchdowns. And you're like, I just need a couple points out of Swift, please. Uh, you may get it out of the receiving game, but on the ground, you know, you, you don't want to be hoping for uh, points out of your running back when they're down by two touchdowns. That's a receiver quarterback kind of game. So, uh, yeah, if I had to go one, two in this division, it would definitely be Swift and Dylan as my value picks, uh, Swift, you could probably get in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, uh, and AJ Dylan near the end, uh, somebody, you know, might sneak in and take him, but, but 
Probably not. But yeah, this division, uh, I've never really been a big fan of Dalvin Cook. I know I'm crazy. Uh, I know he won our championship last year uh, and has been two years in a row where he's been a real stud. I just, it's just not a, uh, somebody I want to lead my team. And Do you I not trust his health? A little bit. That's a little bit like that. I didn't like when he held out uh, last year. I know he came to play uh, and he showed up and he really, you know, showed why he deserves some money. But uh, when you're picking Dalvin Cook, just like when you're picking last year, you're really spending a high draft pick on Dalvin Cook. Uh, people are going to spend, if you're in a league that values running backs, you're going to spend like the second or third pick on Dalvin Cook. If you're in our league, you're going to spend a second round pick on Dalvin Cook to be your number one running back. And to me, that just is, doesn't spell success. Uh, and maybe I'm it wrong. Did it did last year. You're right. You're right. But maybe I'm wrong. But if you're, I'd rather use that pick on a number two quarterback, on one of the best receivers in the league, on you know securing that tight end spot, uh, than than picking Dalvin Cook. It's just not somebody, not where I want to spend my uh, my my pick capital. But that's just me. Um, but but yeah. So let's move on to our last division. And like always, I know this has been uh, long winded, and you know we we talk a lot. Maybe you're listening at home. Maybe you're listening at work. Uh, maybe, you know, you're trying to just get away from your, your, your spouse, your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, uh, who is bugging you, but thank you for listening. Uh, we, we appreciate, you know, all our listeners and, and we like to impart knowledge on anybody we can. Let's talk about the NFC West always last Shedig, What do you got? Uh, you know, for me, this is another division that it's, it, there's a lot of question marks on strategy of how the head coaches work with their running game because the 49ers is yes a very run heavy team but they run with a lot of different players and obviously some due to uh uh injury last year but Raheem Mostert is a great running back but you can't trust that he's gonna get all the work all the time uh to me Chris Carson is a great value pick in this division uh he does have a little bit of competition with uh, at, at times, but he really is the lead guy. And if he stays healthy, he can end up with, you know, uh, close to a thousand yards and about 300 yards in receiving. So because he, he really, he can receive block and ran rush the ball. He could do it all. So it's, and he's not really very high on a lot of people's draft boards. I think he, he is a very good value draft pick to be a high end running back too. Okay. Fair enough. Danny, what do you think of this vision? Yeah, I mean, like, I see Chris Carson uh, similar to Clyde Edwards-Jolaire, where it's like, you know, I, I, I want a running back on a high-scoring offense. That's just generally any sort of offensive player on a high-scoring offense is, is good to go or a, a good move to make. Um, but uh, I also, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Chris Carson finally get, like, a, a pretty decent contract this year that – like acknowledges him, he's kind of like the RB one, like by the, by how much they pay. Pretty, yeah. Am I, am yeah. I mistaken on that? He got a new, he got a new no, contract. You're definitely correct. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that's that just makes me feel safer because sometimes you're like, is Rashad Penny going to come in here and like rob him or, or whatever? And and I know injuries always a, a problem with him as well. Um, Chris Carson isn't he oft injured? 
Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, which is a bummer. He's got a little injury prone. Yeah, but, I mean, what, what running back isn't? Yeah, but he's, he's, <laughs> and, he's a, and he's a little long in the tooth, I think, at this point. So I think, like, this could be his last big year. Um, and then uh, I guess, like, you know, I asked the question of, of Kenyon Drake in, 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 uh, with, in Oakland or Las Vegas, uh, and they've kind of got – now James Conner, is in the Cardinals and, and the way, you know, some of the analysts I, I follow and listen to think James Connors, it's James Connors show. And that just boggles my mind because yeah. Chase Edmonds is like so much better. So <laughs> I think like I would still draft Chase Edmonds higher than, than James Connor. Cause if James Connor got the start, well, they're going to eventually give it to Chase Edmonds. Cause it's almost what happened last year with Kenyon Drake. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, and then I already talked about the Rams when we were in the AFC West. So yeah, my thoughts. <laughs> you love Cam Akers. Yeah. Oh well, you know you got you were right on him. Yeah. Um. I don't understand the Cardinals. Like we talked about running, uh, the running quarterback dilemma. When you have a running quarterback, do you take the uh the running back behind him? I mean, it works the Ravens. Sometimes you can mix in Ravens as as starting running backs, but. Uh, last year, you kind of struggled with the with the Cardinals. You know, was Kenyon Drake going to be the goal line guy? I think out of all running backs or all quarterbacks, Kyle Mur- uh, Kyler Murray is one of the biggest uh, threats to score from the one yard line as a quarterback. You know, him and Lamar Jackson, and then there's you know, whatever. So, I think that this year it changed a little bit when Kenyon Drake leaves. We always or at least me and Chase, have fought over Chase Edmonds, and we were, we were going to pick him. I, I, I remember he picked him early. Uh, I, I wanted him the whole year. I offered trade after trade after trade, and finally when he got a starting job, he showed up, and he was actually pretty good. Uh, he didn't blow the world away, but Chase Edmonds, I think he's going into his third year. He should be a star running back. He was a star running back behind David Johnson. He split time with uh, Kenyon Drake. He finally gets his chance uh, to be the number one guy, and they go get James Conner. Uh, Shedig knows James Conner is not the guy, the guy that we saw for the Steelers two years ago. Uh, he's I don't know if he's really that talented. He could be a third down guy, uh, but he's not gonna a guy that's going to be a 1B and take the bulk of the load. Uh, he's going to take a backseat to Chase Edmonds, and that's just what I think here. Obviously, I'll be blown away if – if James Conner gets a, a, a his lion's share of the of the carries in that in that league, but but yeah, I love Chase Edmonds uh, to be a top fifteen running back this year. I think he's going to be really good and a steal for wherever you get him in the draft, as long as it's not like the top three rounds and you're really reaching. Um, but uh, Chris Carson is a guy that I've hated for years and I don't exactly hate him this year probably because he's proved me wrong so many years years after years after years I'm like oh I hate Chris Carson he's often injured whatever and he ends up being like top 10 in points or some shit and you know it's one of those things where I've hated Chris Carson for so long I can't jump on him now when he's approaching 30 uh, I have to still hate Chris Carson, so um, I, I'm going to stick by that. Uh, in San Francisco, you've got some interesting, interesting people uh, that that you know you, you got to pay attention to. In Trey Sermon, um, he's 
you know, the, the San Francisco running game has always been kind of a night, nightmare. Raheem Mostert, you had Tevin Coleman in the past and all this other people. Trey Sermon's a rookie. He's going to come in and uh, maybe he can uh, take some of these carries away from Mostert. And if there are some injuries over there, which Raheem Mostert suffered last year, then Trey Sermon could be one of those guys that you, you really look at and you're like, wow, man, I wish I would have gotten him late uh, in the draft as a flyer. So, uh, you know, that's somebody to look at. Cam Akers obviously is going to be, uh, looked at early. Uh, this offense is going to be high powered or people are going to expect it to be high powered with woods and cup and, uh, Stafford now. So, you know, obviously Cam Akers is going to be somebody that people reach for. Uh, and then you're gonna have to fight for probably in the, in the third round, I would say Cam Akers is, is somebody you shoot for there. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I like him. It's just, I think that people will overpay. And so, uh, you know, it's, they saw what he did last year. I mean, obviously uh, I think he finished with Cameron team won the championship. And so uh, people are going to have the idea that he could be a, a fancy winner. So definitely, definitely going to be somebody to look at next year but uh thank you guys for being on the the podcast today. i know it was a a lot a lot of information we imparted on everybody that listened um is there anything you guys want to say as parting words before we uh go off into the night and to quarterbacks next week no just uh wish you know i'm looking like i said i'm looking forward to the draft and uh you know we'll miss you danny but you know it's it's no stranger there's usually always at least one person that's remote you know for you know different reasons and uh you know we wish your father good health hey thanks man yeah uh and i had fun today guys um yeah this is this is a good chat and 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 really thanks for your uh support yeah um so I'll, i'll miss you guys at the draft this year for sure though yep Yep, we will. We'll definitely uh, we'll be there in spirit with the you know Zoom call or, or virtually, so you can shotgun beers with us or do whatever you know we make you do. Just make sure you don't pick somebody who's already been picked because that could turn into a nightmare scenario. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. And uh, next week it's the the big show quarterbacks. We'll be talking about it. We'll be breaking it down uh, one by one, same time. Same place. So we will see you guys then. See ya.